Hello and welcome to and let's be heard for Wednesday, February 8th, 2023. I'm Mike Kachopoli. All right, here we are midweek, midweek, a Wednesday, a Wednesday night, a Wednesday night. Everyone welcome. Come on into the room on this Wednesday night uh, as we still bask in the in the uh, warmness of Joe Biden's speech, Joe Biden's warm, comforting speech to America, full of screaming and threats and partisan bickering and so on and so forth. You know, I was thinking about it. They had this they had these people on when you watch like the coverage that night. I was watching Fox News last night. And, you know, they had these people on who do that thing where they give people like a button like the, the Republican is a red line, the independence is the yellow line, and the Democrats are the blue line, and they gauge how people felt. They do this all the time during debates, right? Like presidential debates, how, how people felt while things were being said. And so they do it all the time during the State of the Union. So Fox News had on this woman whose whole firm does this kind of thing. And they were showing the lines as Biden was talking. And they showed the moment where Biden says some Republicans want to get rid of you know, Social Security and, and uh, Medicare. And um, <laughs> and um, they showed the lines. And then, you know, the Republicans were screaming, no, no, liar, liar. And they showed the line. They showed Democrats and Republicans both liked it. They both liked that exchange. But independents hated the exchange. They were like down at the bottom. Independents hated this exchange. Independents generally don't like strife. Independents in general don't like any kind of strife. They like that. This this is why um, it, it, Trump kind of lost independence, right? Because they don't like that. They don't like any kind of belligerence or strife or arguing. They like decorum. They want things to go smoothly and professionally. Those are the way independents are. And independents in general like issues, right? They want issues. They don't want yelling and screaming and personal attacks. They just want issues. Right. So the, the independents supposedly didn't like that exchange, which they claim hurts Republicans. I, I don't know if I totally read it that way, because, yes, the Republicans were the ones that were yelling liar, but maybe the independents didn't like, maybe the independents didn't like the whole exchange, right? Maybe they didn't like Republicans lying. Maybe they didn't like Biden lying. Maybe they didn't like them yelling at each other. So I don't know if you can read that <clears throat> as Biden was the, got the win there. But what's interesting is that <clears throat> they gauge all these things, but then they were like gauging other things Biden said, just like lies that he told. And what was very interesting in many of the comments he made, Democrats, uh, in, Republicans and independents both gave him both gave him very low marks. The only ones who gave him high marks were Democrats. And then when they went to Har Sarah Huckabee Sanders, um, the only ones who didn't give her high marks were Democrats. Republicans and independents gave her high marks. So it was very split partisan on partisan levels, Democrat and Republican, as you can expect. But, but independents often thought Biden was lying and independents liked Sarah Huckabee Sanders, which is very big. That's very important because independents believe that Biden was lying and Sarah was telling the truth. Basically, that's the way it looks. They liked her message, Sarah's message about normalcy, right, about the difference between the two parties not being left and right or conservative or conservative or liberal anymore, that it's about normal and crazy, normal and crazy. And 
that that resonates with a lot of people these days. When they talk, when she talks about crazy, she talks about the extreme left. They show us the wokeness, right? She talks about not being able to identify genders anymore, not being able to like tell a definition of a Supreme Court justice, can't tell you what a woman is, crazy stuff like that, right? And this whole idea of canceling people and everything is offensive and wanting to teach young kids about race and, and transgender stuff, that's crazy. A lot of people in this country feel that's crazy. If you look at Florida, I was thinking the other day, sometimes I just walk and I think, believe it or not. And I was thinking Florida is really much more representative of the whole country than let's say California or, or Wyoming, right? Florida has been a purple state for a long time, very mixed, right? We've seen this in governor's races and Senate races in presidential elections where one of the one of the other party wins by one point, right? Where Florida is like the last state because it's so close. So it's very mixed. It's not deep blue and full of wacko liberals like California. It's not deep red, full of arch conservatives like Wyoming. It's very indicative, I think, of, of the of 90 percent of this country, Florida, and how Ron DeSantis was able to win that state by a million and a half votes, 20 points. So Ron DeSantis, we talk about those lines, right? Talk about the lines, the blue for Democrat, the yellow for independent, the red for, for Republican. Ron DeSantis was able to get all those lines. Basically, all those people liked him. They all voted for him, right? The left voted for him, the right voted for him, um, and, and independents voted for Ron DeSantis. So he was able to get all those groups. Once again, Biden could not get the Republicans or independents on board during his State of the Union. Sarah Huckabee Sanders was not able to get Democrats on board with her response. But Ron DeSantis in this past election was able to win over all of those lines, all of those groups. And that's how we have to – we're in February now. So we're talking about – look, the debates are going to start like in four months, five months. So between now and then, we're going to know all the nominees. We'll know if Biden's running again. We'll know if Biden's running unopposed. And we'll know all of the, the various Republican candidates. And the fact that Ron DeSantis was able – to get all those lines, if you will, to agree with him and vote for him is huge in Florida. And like I said, because I believe Florida is indicative of 90% of this country, the way people think there, they're very mixed, the very the melting pot and the mixes of ideologies. I think that bodes very well for Ron DeSantis on a nationwide level to be able to talk, give speeches that appeal to all three of those lines. Republican, Democrat, and Independent, how important that is. Now, you won't hear the legacy media talking about this because they hate Ron DeSantis because they know he's a huge threat to Joe Biden and the Democrats. You won't even hear a lot of people on Fox News and in right-wing media talking about this because they love Donald Trump so much. They don't want, and look at Donald, look what Trump is doing already, this, this moron. He's going after DeSantis. You see, he posted a picture of DeSantis like in college with women and said he's a breeder because he was, he was with women that are a little bit younger than he was. I'm not a breeder, a breeder, listen to me. What do you call them? Not a breeder. I'm losing my mind. Uh, a, uh, you know the word I'm looking for. What's the word we talk about? Uh, uh, with, not, not breeder. That's not that. That's a, that's a heterosexual. I think Bill's going to come to our rescue. Let me just try to find the word Bill. Now I'll put you on, but he's making, so he's already poking fun at Ron DeSantis. Basically, he's already throwing shots his way. Groomer. Sorry. Groomer. Breeder. Groomer. So he said, Ron DeSantis is a groomer. And how stupid is that? Ron DeSantis is a bill. Bill, just come back in a little while. I just want to do a monologue and you can talk if you want. But I, I, Ron DeSantis is a, is a groomer, according to Donald Trump. This is stupid. But listen, look what he's doing. Donald Trump is already attacking a guy who's not even in the race. We don't, even, we don't really know if he's running or not. But he's such a threat to Donald Trump. Donald Trump knows what a threat Ron DeSantis is. 
should he get in, that he's already throwing barbs his way. But look at Nikki Haley. He was so nice to Nikki Haley, Trump, right? Nikki Haley even called. Who ever heard of that? Who ever heard of someone calling their opponent and asking if it's okay if they run or even telling them they're going to run? But that shows that she's not really serious. And, and Donald Trump is not afraid of her. Donald Trump told her, sure, run if you want, and, and has said only nice things about her because he's not afraid of Nikki Haley, right? So he can play Mr. Nice Guy with her. But he knows Ron DeSantis. So someone who's already in, Nikki Haley, he's not going after. But someone who's not in, he's going after because he knows what a threat Ron DeSantis is. And the Democrats and the legacy media know. They all know that Ron DeSantis is a th- Democrat to the de- Democrat. He's a threat to Democrats and he's a threat to Donald Trump, right? So Ron DeSantis is going to have to get it from, he's getting it from all different angles, right? And he's going to have to deal with that, which is fine. But what he'll be able to say is exactly what I'm saying, that he was able to get Democrats, independents, and Republicans, groups that, once again, if you watch debates, if you watch the State of the Union, if you watch the response, they don't agree. All three of them very rarely line up and agree with each other. Okay? Ron DeSantis has been able to get those people together. And that, I think, is a huge – he knows this, which is why I think he's going to run. This is just a huge positive going forward for Ron DeSantis. I don't know anyone else, be it Nikki Haley or Donald Trump or Joe Biden or Mike Pence or Mike Pompeo, who are going to get Democrats, Republicans and independents to say, oh, that guy makes sense and vote for him, vote for him. I think DeSantis is the only guy who can do this in numbers large enough to really win, to really beat Joe Biden and to become president. So once again, I'm, I'm, I'm very optimistic moving forward about about Ron DeSantis. And like in the next few months, we're going to know all these, all the nominees, but it just really shows you when you look at something like the State of the Union and, and, and a response, once again, you get very divided numbers, right? It's very, very divided. It's very divided. And Republicans and Democrats almost never agree on any of those things in a debate, in a, in a State of the Union. They never agree. They're always at disagreeing. They're always at odds. They're always yelling at each other the way Congress and Biden were. But Ron DeSantis has something that all those people don't have. And it's this unique ability, this unique uncommon sense to say things that are just totally, well, common sense, right? People say, well, that makes sense. They don't even think about politics. They don't even actually think about the ideology, their personal ideology. Say, This guy, when he says that and the way he says it makes perfect sense. I have to I have to agree with him. And the people in Florida voted for him because he's done such a good job because they saw how we all suffered, how all of us in New York and California and most states run by Democrats suffered for two years, two and a half years. And they didn't. And they appreciated that. And that's another reason why he won so big. So I think going forward, people really need to think about that. They need to think about the way he can really bring everyone together to agree with some really uncommon sense kind of legislation. And and in a way forward that can really end a lot of this divisiveness. And I think Ron DeSantis has the real ability to bring everyone together, not the fake bullshit ability that Joe Biden always talks about when all Joe Biden's done is the opposite. And we know Donald Trump doesn't have that ability either. We know that. Come on. He's an absolute love him or absolute despise him kind of a guy. And it's kind of like 50-50. So he's out. Biden's out. The only one who can really do that whole thing, if that's important to you. Of, of bringing people together is, is Ron DeSantis. And he just proved it in Florida. He proved it. 
All right, let me get to some calls early. We'll go to domestic and William, if Bill, if you want to call. Hey, domestic, long time no. <laughs> hello, hello. Thanks for a great show. Yes, sorry, I disappeared, but um, wanted to say a few things about DeSantis. Uh, a few really good things, and maybe one little wrinkle. First of all, I love how he doesn't dignify Trump's immature attacks on him with any response. I exactly expected that, and uh, that's what's happening. Number one. Um, Number two, I love that he has military experience. I think it's important for the commander-in-chief to know a little bit about the war and about the army, not just rely on the stooges like, uh, and the warmongers like Joe, like Joe Biden does. So that's wonderful. And uh, I just don't think you can hate him. You know, you can love Trump or hate Trump. What is there to hate about dissent? Well, the only thing I think he could improve on, especially in the media, he's really very, very aggressive with journalists that maybe say something untrue about him during press conferences. Maybe uh, they accuse him of something that he doesn't agree with. Maybe he could be a little bit more patient, not interrupt them and not just bark back at them. I don't know. Well, but if you notice what DeSantis does, I mean, I think that's something Trump does more because what DeSantis will do is, and he'll, and this is, I think, correct, is he'll say, what you're saying now is wrong. What mm-hmm. you're saying now is a, is a legacy media lie. Okay. And then he did, she, they did that on something to do with, uh, what was it? It was Disney or something. Oh, look, a lot of topics. Don't say gay. Don't say gay. Oh, don't yeah. say gay. They'll bring it up and he'll go, no, wait a minute. I've already explained what's in the bill. You are lying now. You're giving your narrative, not the truth. He explains it to them. But I think he does it in a very firm way. I think that's very important, though, domestic. I think it's very important for anyone who's running for office or in office to be able to say, wait a minute, what you're saying to my face right now is not true. And I must correct you. What's wrong? I, don't, I don't say anything wrong with that. I, I mean, what do you what? How should he do it, really? I mean, should he no, say, no, no, it's oh, fine to do it. It's just I'm very sorry to have to say it this way. Let me say it. She do she do it in a Kamala Harris way where she's talking like we're all kindergartners. You know, I I don't I, I don't know. I, I I don't have any problem with the way he does it. I think he's okay. That's you fine. know why? Because I think they're lying on purpose, domestic. They know they're lying. If you're a journalist, you don't know what's in that that bill. You don't know you the do. words yeah, "don't say do. gay" or "not in that bill." You haven't. If you, as a journalist, before you asked a question to the governor, you don't know. You don't know the truth. I think they do. I just think they just try to get over it. They get get over on it. They try to make a a political point, you know. Right. And he doesn't he doesn't let them do it. I, I I think it's great. I don't think he does. He doesn't do it like Trump. He doesn't say sit down, moron, and <laughs> shut up, shut up. He doesn't do that. He says, look, this is the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Stop with your narrative. That's all he says. I, I have no problem. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to continue doing that. People in Florida obviously like that, right? Yeah. You know, it's, I think uh, it's important. You enough of these policies, and that's why I did. I, I really didn't mind what the Republicans did. Did you see with the State of the Union when, when Biden was obviously lying? Whether he lied on purpose to get there, there's some disagreement now as to whether he lied on purpose to get their goat, or he didn't expect that response and just wanted it to be another of the many lies he told. But when he told that lie that Democrats love telling, that never comes true, that Republicans want to get rid of all these social safety nets, and they were they they responded. I think. He was lying to their faces in that room, and they couldn't really take it that anymore, especially with something so obvious and important as, as Social Security and such. And so they reacted that way. I, I don't think it's a problem. I really don't. And tell you the truth, I think I prefer state of the unions that are like that. I don't like this idea of one guy, whether it's a Democrat or Republican, whether it's DeSantis, Biden or Trump, standing there and just lying for 90 minutes. <laughs> and, and, does any – you know what I – domestic, you know how they put the um, – they put that little disclaimer on all of our tweets and on Facebook 
oh, this is COVID misinformation. This is go to the yeah. CDC website. Like, they'll tell you the truth. Go ask doctor. How come they don't have that running at the bottom of the state? How come they don't have fact checkers live fact checking everything the president says as he's saying it and run disclaimers as he lies on the bottom of the screen? Wouldn't that make more sense? Is Wouldn't that be a fact checkers dream night? The State of the Union, where they could actually do their job for once and actually fact check. Yeah, well, you know how it works. I do. It's regrettable, though. Uh, you know, they say that we are our worst enemies. Trump clearly, as expected, is his worst enemy. His behavior. I mean, he. Uh, yeah. So I, I. And I'm glad to see that more and more people lean toward DeSantis. And I just don't know if we deserve DeSantis after everything we've tolerated. And what after does that all mean? The- Wait a minute. Don't we deserve him more than ever for tolerance? We're going through this. Wait a minute. Why does Florida deserve him and we don't? Wait, when you say we, you mean California or the country? Well, California, too, because we tolerated. We did not do anything to push back at all, almost, especially here in this area. And do we really deserve a good president after our passive behavior? I don't know. I hope we do. Well, you mean when you say our, of course, you're talking about the collective whole, not the few of us, right, who... Really yeah, yeah, of course, of course, of course. Northern how, California. How do we, get that? we have to we have to live in Florida. We got to move to Florida. <laughs> is, that, is that is that what we have to do? We have to move to Florida. We don't deserve. I want Florida to be the country. That's what I want. I want I want the country to become Florida. And I think the only way to do that is to have DeSantis as president. I will I will tell you he has just as many haters. If you look at Twitter, so many people are against yeah. him and make fun of them and I hating him. Like, I thought the left was going to leave Twitter. They didn't leave? <laughs> didn't no, they, they weren't, didn't. They all, weren't they all going to leave? No. I think no, Rob Reiner is still there, right? I think Everybody's there, yeah. Everybody's there. So they but, just uh, threatened to leave, but they didn't leave, really. That's, so how, how common is that? Huh? They all threatened to leave, but, but, the, but they didn't leave. They didn't leave. It's it's just once again. Of course, he's going to have the detractors. He didn't get 100 percent of the vote in Florida, but to get what he did to win by a million and a half votes in Florida is just a it's an epic achievement, you know. And I think it's been glossed over simply because he's got so many enemies within the Democratic Party and enemies within the Trump camp uh, in the media that they don't they're not really talking about what he just did, you know. But he will if he runs, he'll talk about it. I mean that 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 will be his foundation. What he did in Florida, right? So I I think that that's not not just winning the way he did and getting everyone to vote for him, all these different ideologies, but also the way he handled COVID. Right. And the economy and the economy stayed intact and tourism stayed intact and domestic. The streets there, as you know, are in. in May I I vouch when we went there together, may I vouch that I drove all around everywhere. And I'm kept asking myself, how is it that their taxes are two, three times lower and the roads and the shoulders are freaking immaculate all throughout Florida, immaculate. I'm like, I know I'm sure they have bad areas, but the math did not add up. And we pay three times as much as everything is falling apart and everything looks like third world here in San Francisco. So I was just puzzled. Yeah. Well, it's puzzling that. You know, just throwing money at things doesn't make them better, huh? Isn't that puzzling to the left? <laughs> they assume you, the more money you spend, the better things are going to be, right? But of course, that's that's not that's not the case. That's not the. Hey, did you listen to Sarah Huckabee Sanders? Did you catch that at all? No, no, I did not. I did not. But... I think she might think she might be after a term or two presidential material. After what I heard, and I tell you the truth, I never really, as Trump's press secretary, I didn't love her, but she seems to be pretty good so far. 
as governor. So I don't know. She, she, she was, it was, it was one of the better rebuttals I've seen in a long time. I just wish we could take Trump's honesty and directness and his policy in rapid and a slightly more palatable sweet package, which does not turn off so many people left or right. I just wish, but I guess. I don't know. That's not I, how it I, works. I think you, I think the people are always going to, they're always going to attack the, the substance too. You know, they're going to attack, they're going to attack the idea. Well, they're going to lie about it there's, because there's no there's no substance to attack when you come when it comes to Ron DeSantis. Everything he's yeah. doing is right. Everything he's doing is common sense. There's nothing yeah. to attack. So instead of attacking, they don't say things like, "Well, uh, I I just think the left doesn't. They're not honest. They don't say, "Well, I disagree that, uh, with with Governor DeSantis on not teaching kindergartners about sex change." They don't say that. No, because they know that's a losing cause. So they lie about it and say, "Oh, he's telling kids they can't say the word gay." We know that's a lie. We know yeah. domestic gay life, nightlife in Florida is five million times better than California. It's not even close. It's not even close. So why 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 would gays want to live there and have a great well, nightlife? When the place? only thing you have against them, the only thing is race, uh, unfounded race baiting and sexual orientation baiting, and uh, when you know Newsom comes out with his cringe statements that California is where you're free, which makes my eyes roll out of my orbits. But, um, you know, when the only thing you have is that, then I guess you resort to that. What else? Wait a minute. We're not even free to leave anymore. You see that they want to attack people who leave? Have you seen that new thing? Uh, yeah, I, I saw that. I didn't know how serious they were about it. <laughs> That's the way they want to. They want to force people to stay. They want to kidnap you. By you know what happens when you force people, right? That it has an opposite effect. They run fast, faster. So yeah, and they say fuck your tax, right? I don't live in your state anymore. What are you going to do? These these people are they're insane. That's why Sarah was right. Huckabee was right. The difference between the two parties right now in 2023, over the last three years, is not left and right. It's normal and crazy. That's yeah, well said. But I do have to say, in the spirit of being optimistic, I think the left, the vast majority, is not crazy. It's just the minority of lunatics are very vocal. But I think we both know a lot of people on the left, and eh, we might disagree with them, but they're not complete uh, psychos and 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 crazy. So I'm optimistic that the majority of people are at least reasonable. But in in, in the city of San Francisco. Or in general, among the left, I think the extreme, the Antifa, the the wokesters, all yeah, all of no, them. I'm they're, hoping they're, they're the minority. They're decent people, but the loud people, of course, overshadow them. We know that. Yeah. But there yeah. are plenty of nut jobs. We here in San Francisco. I don't know about you, but I I feel like I live around a lot of crazy people. Not just mentally insane people, but people who are supposedly sane, but not all there. And it's uh, it's you know they're just look at how long it took. Look at how long it took to get the mask wearing down to what? What would you say? Twenty percent now in the streets? Fifteen percent? I think downtown where I am, I would say about probably yeah, fifteen percent, ten, fifteen, twenty, which is still <laughs> too much compared to every other place. Yeah, it took three yeah. years to get yeah. it down to two out of ten people wearing it outdoors, and maybe three out of ten, four out of ten wearing it indoors. It's crazy. It's a, it's a nutty place, man. It's a real nut job place. You know that they were yeah. were in Florida a year and a half ago, right? Right. And I think people say, well, I think it's symbolic of the deeper, symbolic of the deeper mentality, right? It, it represents something on the inside, that something's wrong with the society. Something is wrong with the society that buys into that kind of propaganda, that buys, yeah. it, that can't, that can't just for, you know, I, I say people can't think for a minute about things like do mass work. It's not, they didn't have a minute, they had three years. 
in yeah. three years. At some point over the course of three fucking years, they could have come to the conclusion that masks don't work. A lot of time to think about it. And they still haven't been able to come to that conclusion. Or or they have simply come to that conclusion, but still wear it as a as a as a virtue signal, right? Yeah. Right. They still wear it as a as a as a, as a virtue thing. You know, like 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 Brian Kilmeade wears his Ukraine American flag pin. <laughs> you know, as it's a, um Yeah, I um I the the masking, you know, people are complaining that we're harping on masking all the time. But uh, you know, uh, and why do you care? Well, uh, living in a faceless world surrounded by faceless people is only okay if you're constantly glued to your phone 24-7 and you never look at other people or at other things, which many people in San Francisco, that's what they do. So maybe they don't even notice that people are masked and they're remarkably not not frustrated with it and not angry and not it doesn't bother them at all, it looks like. So they accept it. This is how it's going to be 10 to 15% downtown masked. You think it's going to stay that way for a long time? Yeah, and the buses, especially in Chinatown, I would say 70, 80% masked. Um, you know, some places have less, maybe 5%, fewer, where younger people. But I think you, as long as you live here, you will always see masks. And like you say, Florida, Arizona, um, even Minnesota, even other, there's different degrees of leftism. My sister lives in Minneapolis. She's like, what the hell? She recently visited. Minneapolis is pretty left, but this is, she's like, this is at a different level. Yeah, no, this is uh, absolutely a different level. So, you know, we do live in a bit of a vacuum. Everyone lives in a bit of a vacuum, right? And so, yeah. like I said, I think Florida is very indicative of most of the country. California is extreme left lunatics. Wyoming is very, very extreme right. You're going to find very few Democrats in Wyoming. But if you go to most of this country, around most of the country, the, especially the populated areas of this country, I think it's more like Florida, right? And they, they're very mixed feelings. They're, you know, there's very mixed ideologies. It's not extreme one way or the other. And I think that is something that living here in California, we're not we, we're not privy. We don't see we don't see that here. We just see one way. Right. And yeah. we feel like real outsiders because we're doing it the different way that 99 percent of the people here are doing things. Where but I don't like I, I don't like that people on the right, you know, right. The Wyoming and all these states, they hate us. I understand why they're sick of tyranny and, and, and sick of being imposed and uh, rules. And they're sick of our smugness and the arrogance and calling them flyover states. I understand why they're frustrated and they hate us. I just don't like the fact that they do. I mean, it's one country after all. Well, once again, because they, they see the majority of the people here and what they do and believe and the governor and the leader fish stinks in the head down and all the politicians are that way. The governor, right? The mayors, they're all the same. That's what people in Wyoming see. They don't see you and me. They don't see the few of us who got together during COVID and, and were rebels, right? They don't, <laughs> that's not, that's, that's the extreme minority here. Yeah. A lot of people are actually vocally nutty left, or there may have been other people who believe like we believe, but just as we've talked about in the past, we're too afraid to say anything, right? They were just too afraid to say anything. So they went along to, they went along just to get along or they just stayed home and they didn't bother with people for yeah. a couple of years. But, so I, but I, I don't, I don't blame them. If I lived in Wyoming, I, I would have a very, you would very, hate them too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have, I, an I, I hate, and I hate us here. I hate us here. I have a very important myself. question to ask. What's that? Go ahead. What you I have a very important question to ask. How are you going to guarantee to me personally that yeah. Gavin Newsom is not going to become a president? How are you going to make it? I don't, how am I going to personally guarantee it? I, I, I don't know. I don't, I'll put it this way. I'm, I'm still sticking with my guns. I don't care if Joe Biden comes out tomorrow and says he's running again. I'm sticking to my prediction that I, neither Joe Biden, no Donald Trump, nor Donald Trump will be the nominees 
of their respective parties. And it will most likely be, it'll most likely be Ron DeSantis and Gavin Newsom. So here, here's the guarantee. I guarantee you if DeSantis runs against Newsom, Newsom will lose. I can, I can, I'll guarantee Amen you that. to that. Amen to that. Okay, but, but I can't guarantee if Donald yeah. Trump is the nominee against Newsom. That Newsom will lose. I agree. I, I agree. And I can't guarantee that if Mike uh, Pence is the nominee against Gavin Newsom, that Gavin Newsom will lose. The only guarantee yeah. I can give you is if it's Ron DeSantis. Yeah, I agree. So you better work your ass off to get the DeSantis to run for president. <laughs> you know, you know, and and hey, I have a question for you. If yes, DeSantis, sir. You, you, I want everyone in California who's listening, either live or if you listen on replay because you're not up or whatever it may be. To promise something that if Ron DeSantis, if you, I don't care if you live in San Francisco, I don't care if you live in Los Angeles, I don't care if you live in the most uh, San Diego, I don't care. I want to I want you to or, or, or Carmel or these liberal, uh, these incredible liberal enclaves. If Ron DeSantis runs for president, I want everyone to go out and buy a Ron DeSantis for president hat and T-shirt and wear it around town. Will you do that domestic? Yes, and nobody's gonna hate it. That's not like MAGA hat. That's not gonna. <laughs> wait a right? minute. If he becomes the nominee, I mean, what are they? Huh? If he becomes the nominee, they'll hate him. They'll hate him. No, but they cannot. He's not a villain. There is no way a T-shirt like that would trigger. I would have no problem with wearing it. He's a respectful, elegant, classy guy. So he never says anything disgusting that some people might perceive. I mean, I don't care. So, so why wouldn't I wear his shirt? I mean, there's absolutely zero risk. Did you wear? Did you wear a MAGA hat? I did not. I don't want to be an attention whore, you know, walking around. <laughs> look at me. <laughs> look at me. I didn't want to do it. Also, nobody's looking a- at anybody here anyway. Like I said, they're glued to the phone. I don't even know if they would notice it. But uh, yeah, I didn't want that type of attention. All right. So we're gonna, we'll, we'll wear our DeSantis shirts together. We'll go out to like a, a restaurant or a bar. We'll get together with a. We'll do. I'll do a call. I'll, I'll do. We'll do a Twitter. Uh, we'll we'll do a call to arms on Twitter. And arms being, of course, you know. Uh, I wanted to ask you: not um, literal, it, not literal. And is he a person yeah. of color or no? Who? DeSantis. If, if he identifies as one, he is. I have to ask you: Does he identify as a person of color? I mean, I, 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 it's very important these days, right? So I, I, don't, I think well, he's more of color during summer when he's tan. <laughs> it's not for us to decide. You know the way it works. If a person That's decides, true. That's if a person true. decides they identify as a person of color, they're a person of color. But I, I, I like what Sanders said. That's so true. Forget about left and right. Are you normal? Are you intellectually honest? Are you saying things the way they are? Or are you hypocrite and you're just saying things that sound good, but in practice are detrimental and destructive? So uh, I think, um, yeah, what she said is... Well, I, by the way, you're fa- I'm going to get to this in a little bit, but your favorite person, Yoel Roth, was he testified and he said <laughs> oh, that, I saw that. Yeah. He said that yeah. too, much, too much freedom of speech is bad. You see, he said that. Yeah. Too much, yeah, he said too much freedom of speech. So they're, they're, they've decided that those people decided that they were going to be the arbiters of free speech and what is yeah. good free speech and what is bad. This, these it, are the kinds of people that George Orwell warned us against, that these people would exist in the future you know, and have very powerful positions in the future. You know, it's a different, uh, generally different uh, philosophy of life. It's the same with COVID, the same with censorship. We're going to organize society. We're going to have rules. We're going to tell you how to do it. And we want this type of order. And uh, this is just a different philosophy. I'm trying to understand it. And, um, and this is what they want. We're going to tell you what's right, what's wrong, what's safe, what's unsafe, what's healthy and unhealthy. And you should follow. And this is how the society should be organized. And it sounds really good in theory. 
And, um, you know, I love these examples. If I could just uh, provide a couple of examples. There are things that sound wonderful in theory, but they're terrible in practice. For example, even if it saves one life, right? Let's do lockdowns. Even if it sounds wonderful, but in real life, terrible, right? Or uh, yeah, let's till the last Ukrainian. Really? Really? Till the last Ukrainian? Really? Do you mean it? Or uh, I will love you or I will love Trump or I will love my whoever, no matter what. Really? No matter what? Do you mean it? So it's really good and heroic, but in practice, it's it's false. So the left, the left loves. They stop. They, they stop. The, 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 that sounds. That sounds. I think you have to turn, think, you have to turn the volume down or something. I'm something up here. Uh, but uh, that sound good, right? It sounds. It sounds. It sounds so kumbaya. It sounds so pleasant, right? Oh, for the greater good, if it saves one life. Or for your own safety, for your own safety. safety. But of course, there's no, when you actually think for like a second and a half about what that stuff means, it's actually very detrimental and ends up hurting and killing more people, as we saw happen with lockdowns and masking and vaccines, right? So everything, they like, they like the virtue signaling symbols, they like emojis, they like flags, they like sayings, they like that stuff. They like everything that sounds flowery and nice. But of course, beneath it all is all horseshit, you know. Right. So that that's that's what it comes down to. Where, when you get someone like Ron DeSantis who talks very plainly and maybe, like you say, doesn't say things that sound flowery and beautiful, yet when you look at what he's actually, and even Trump to an extent, although Trump doesn't have the the same political suave, he's not as politically suave as DeSantis is, you know. Um, say things that make sense. They they may not right. they might they might not sound flowery and comfortable like a pillow or a blanket but when you think about what they're saying you go that makes sense and that'll probably end up helping a lot of people but people can't take I, i've talked about this before man when i ran for office when i ran for congress in arizona and people would always say ah mike i like you you you, you speak the truth you need now so there were some people who were like that but more more people kind of say it's almost like asking someone how their day is, you know that, just saying, hey, how you doing? How's your day going? But they don't, uh, want, to hear yeah. you say, they don't want to hear you complain, right? If you start complaining, they, they either walk away or they tune you out. They don't really give a shit how you're doing. Of course. How you're doing is just a sl- slogan. But um, it's the same thing when you're running for office. People say, we want honesty. We don't want politicians just say what we think they want. But that's actually what they want. They want to feel of good. Of course. They want to feel comfortable. They don't want the truth because the truth is very painful and it takes a lot of work. Around when you say truthful things, you're talking about doing real work to get things done. They don't want to deal with that. They don't want to deal with right. it. They want to be. T- they want. To, they want their asses kissed, right? They want this flowery stuff, just like you said. Greater good to the last Ukrainian, save one life. That's what they like, even though it's all yeah. bullshit. Yeah, Mike, I'm going to yield to uh, Daniel because I think Daniel, he's been waiting Daniel's for a while. Talk about. Daniel's going to talk about, I don't know what he's going to talk about. I'm, I'm trying to predict. I'm trying to do like a Karnak. No, he is extremely unpredictable and exciting and riveting individual. So there's no way you can predict. So Okay. Thanks, thanks for, hey, thanks for uh, your presence tonight. It's very rare these days. But thank Having you me. for bestowing your presence on us tonight. Thank, <laughs> thank you. you. I appreciate thank it. You. Yeah, thank Have you. a good night. All right. Okay. Daniel. Daniel. I like that combo of domestic and Daniel. D.D. Domestic and Daniels, a good combination. It's a good one-two punch. <laughs> I've, got to, I've got to ask you a question. Um, have you been getting my text messages? Your texts? No, I have not gotten any texts from you. No. Oh, because I've no. sent you a few text messages by, by, by phone, and I never get any response back over the last three weeks or so. I've sent, I don't know, maybe. So the last one I got from you was yesterday where you said good show. After oh, 
Yeah, yeah, because I've I've sent a bunch over the last two weeks. My phone has just been having weird problems. I mean, I got um, uh, uh, voicemails from like ten days ago, seven days ago. Who am I? The uh, fucking? What am I? What am I? The Verizon assistant here? What am I? Customer service? What's yeah, your, yeah, what's yeah, your, yeah. What's yeah. your phone you, service? You're doing a pinch. Um, what's your phone so, service? Yeah, I, I'm just I'm just wondering if if I'm if I'm having a tremendous phone problem here. Sir, we don't have not. consumer cellular, do you? What's your phone? What's your carrier? Verizon. Yeah. No, so's mine. I mean, it should yeah. be. I've I haven't had that many problems with Verizon lately. Do you know that the Verizon towers, though, in San Francisco, kind of suck? They yeah, yeah, suck. that's one of the problems I've been having is is that I've been going down to zero bars really frequently in the last few weeks, over which the you know the same period of which I've been having all these tech messages. But I didn't want to get into all this Verizon stuff. I wanted to to talk about that those DeSantis hats. Yeah. I hate hat, but I would be wearing a DeSantis hat. Oh, you gonna you gonna months. join us? You gonna get together with us and wear the DeSantis hats? Oh shit, yeah. I, and I hate wearing hats. I mean, I am not a hat person. I look like a moron in any hat. Um, and, and, <laughs> you don't look like a moron. In that no, hat. no. You should see me in a hat. There's the, some 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 faces and heads are built for hats. You know, you know what's moron- you, you know what's moronic? I'm gonna go to a, this. It's a little bit tangential, but you'll get it. Moronic is eating a candy bar with a fork and knife. <laughs> Who would do that? What's wrong with those people? Pe- peanut peanut M Ms with the spoon. That's even better. <laughs> that yeah. one was uh, that one was just on before my show. It was yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a great episode. Um, <laughs> but no, and, and, so yeah, uh, it's um, yeah, it's crazy. It's, Verizon is just spotty here. I don't know what it is. I, I, I have no idea why. I don't, I don't yeah. know. You know, really weird behavior. Um, the, the other thing you were talking about was this: if if it only saves one life mantra that we yeah yeah, w- yeah. W- was really annoying to hear that over these last um, few years was that they just never considered the fact that it may sa- that it may actually take lives that 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 saving one life may be the worst that could possibly happen is they consider that as being the worst that could possibly happen when the worst that could possibly happen is that these mass promoted hysteria which caused people that didn't need the vaccines to get the vaccines which caused them to pass vaccine passes and treat many of us like we were second class citizens which in many people was producing things things near post-traumatic stress uh, syndrome um what it did to children's educations creating this hysteria uh, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. But they said, but they would always go back to it. But saves if it only saves one life, as though that's the worst it could do was save one life. No, oh, or as you're saving one life, you're destroying two or three others at the same time. Exactly. That's not, that's not, a, that's not a good ratio, one to three. They don't. See yeah. it, but they don't think. Once again, but it's a, it's a slogan. It sounds great, Daniel. And how many times have people? How many times have the branch Covidians said those type things to you, either personally or or through Twitter? Where they'll say, where they'll say things like, "But look at all the people that died. What's wrong with you? Look at all the lot. You know what? Ten thousand, ten million more people would have died if not for masks. What are you talking about?" And they have no proof of any of this stuff, right? There's no evidence. They just, they just make it up. They pull that out of their asses. They make it up, but they try to make you look like a bad guy for not caring about people. Yeah, and and, and this is this is what happens in these. Um... In these hysterias, in these uh, in mass formations, as some people call them, in mass hysterias is the old word, um, is that they get really, really focused on this one narrative, and they will not 
depart from that narrative. They will not hear of any departure from that narrative. And, you know, so they're saying if it only saves one life to try to introduce to them the idea that that these measures are, are actually destroying lives would be something that would simply be unheard of them. It's simply like be saying, like saying, um, you know, during the Salem witch hunts that um, it, it's not possible that there are witches. Um, they would say, no, you're either you're, you're either a witch or you're not. But, it, 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 you know, there's definitely a possibility that you're a witch. Um, and, and, and it's just that, you know, they couldn't depart. It's just impossible from the depart from these narratives once they get in this blinded, hysteric uh, um, mindset, this blinded, blinded, hysteric behavior. Right. It, it, it's, this was this was quite an amazing period that we lived through, but not for the reasons that many think it's quite an amazing period because just this observing how this sort of thing happens to societies how hysteria forms and propagates and to watch who's susceptible to it and who's not and who passed the character test and who didn't right well and and, and the the in, i'd say the inability but it's not that's not the word i'm looking for it's not the inability to look past and below surface numbers but it's the unwillingness to look below, yes. to look to look deeper than surface numbers. We're seeing it now in immigration with these immigration hearings. A couple of things I wanted to bring up before I forget. So the Democrats are are trying to say once again they're looking at two numbers, and the numbers they're looking at are a uh, number of people that cross the border that we've caught, and the amount of drugs that we've caught. And they say they say, and these, this is absolute truth: the amount of people we're catching is up, and the amount of drugs we're catching is up, which means things are improving at the border. Now, does that mean things are improving in the border? <laughs> now, if you thought about that for two seconds, you'd say, wait a minute. Yes, you're right. Both of those things are up. We're catching more people. But that's like saying we're catching more violent criminals. So crime. Exactly. Is no, of course <laughs> exactly. not. The reason why, obviously, the reason why you're catching more drugs and more people is because more drugs and more people are coming through. Exactly. Which means, yes. Which means more drugs are reaching our, our children and more illegals are making it into our country than ever before. So of course, as more people come through and more drugs try to come through, we're gonna catch more people. But just because you catch more people committing crime doesn't mean that crime is going away. You see, these people are so, so are they doing that, Daniel? Are they doing that on purpose? Because I was able to like put those numbers in perspective in about two and a half seconds when I heard them say it. I actually yelled at the screen, at the screen yeah. and it says, but it means more people are coming through than ever before. Don't they know that? These I think you are... hit it. I think you hit it right on the head. It, there's a certain unwillingness. Once once people are stuck in these very partisan modes, there be, there's this unwillingness. That's the term you use, and I think it's spot on. It's an unwillingness to see any other side of the story. As I'm fond of saying, if you've got you know if if you've got some idea, don't fall in love with it. You should be the first one to try to break it in ten ways, and show me that you're trying to break it in ten ways before. I, I I seriously consider your your ideas. Um, that's the type of person that that I strive to strive to be. Um, it's not the way it's not the way I've always been. Certainly, um, I had to grow in grow into this over a, a large number of years and drop my partisan behavior. Um, there's a lot of people that simply haven't grown to that point yet. Um, you're 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 far ahead of the curve, Mark. You, Mike, you got there before I did, um, and so you know, uh, uh, kudos, props to you for for doing that. Um, but there's a lot of people that just can't. Um, a lot of us that simply can't drop our partisanness, and we are unwilling, well, and we that. see through. 
I'll take your credit for doing it technically, chronologically, 15 years before you, but, 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 we really both did it at the same time, the same era, right? Same time, yeah, right. but, but you, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, but you were a little bit more, you, you were, but that's, uh, that's, but that's luck. That's you were more precocious fault. than I was, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was born after you, that's not your fault. I mean, it's just, it's <laughs> <out>. <laughs> I don't want to blame you for that, you know, but uh, even though I wish I had, exp I know you're, you're too young for this too, but I wish I had really, there's something in me. I really wish I had experienced the 60s as like a teenager or an adult. Like I wish, I know I'd be older now, but it doesn't matter. I wish I had been like in the 16 to 25 range in the 60s where I could have really enjoyed and, and witnessed that decade. Yeah. I, yeah. I, feel, I feel like I've been left out. I feel like I've yeah. been left out. I get that too because I, I, I missed it by about, you know, about 10 years to really right. enjoy it. I've really, I, I've really I been just, able to take it all in. Yeah. 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 I, I would just see, um, you know, the, the, the hip mod shows on TV, <laughs> like, like Laugh-In and a few of those other shows. Um, but, uh, you know, it was, I was too young to be fully immersed. And even, even, you know, and I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. So we would come to the, the city. My, my parents would take us to the city, you know, when I was like seven, eight years old. And we'd see the whole beatnik scene that, that, that was then a couple of years later followed up by the hippie scene and um so we saw it but it was you know, we, i was far too young to you know like be immersed in any way and take part in the in the craziness <laughs> or go to go to woodstock that kind of a thing yeah you can, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> far far too young for that yeah yeah you know so that, that there's, there's that also but i think a lot of people whether they're 25 50 65 or 80 i think a lot of people have really over the last few years their eyes have been opened right i mean it's proof in what happened in florida really um, well, is that yeah, a eyes, lot of people's eyes have been opened about about what's what's eyes open to how how dangerous our government can be. And and we, we all I grew up thinking, you know, I, I was up until three years ago, I was dead set against the um, interpretation that the Supreme Court has mostly had with respect to Second Amendment gun rights. I simply thought, you know, we, everyone should have the option of, of having a, a, a weapon, but it shouldn't be, it, it just shouldn't happen so easily. I have totally changed my mind on that because over the last three years, I have seen how tyrannical our government can be. And I can only, and I can only imagine how more how much more tyrannical it would have been if this country would have been completely unarmed. I mean, what would be stopping them from, from just riding over us roughshod entirely with, 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 in an unarmed society? I just, I just, at this point, I just cringe at my former self thinking that I should trust our government. And remember, as we've talked about, you give them a finger, they take an arm, you give an arm, they take your whole body. This is why I can, I used to, I used to also, before I became enlightened, like you also, I, I used to believe in things like, you know, Biden is pushing, at the State of the Union yesterday, one of the things Biden pushed is a, a, a federal assault weapons ban. Never going to happen because it won't get through the Supreme Court. But I used to be, I, I used to cheer that on. I used to say, yeah, okay. Same now, here. I don't, I don't want to take away handguns. I'll take away assault. And I, as a, as a, as a typical liberal, I didn't know exactly what an assault rifle a weapon is, like most liberals don't. Um, but I say, sure, okay, ban the really bad guns that can shoot a lot of bullets in a short period of time. But then I'm thinking about it now, and I know what they'll do. If they win that, they'll go after other guns after. So if you give them that, that's why, unfortunately, you can't even give them that, because then they'll be emboldened. Just like the left, the liberals, the gay rights groups are now emboldened because they've been winning so many battles. And people have given, given them so much that yeah. they now, now they want to do things like 
you know, have a four-year-old be able to get a sex change without their parents. You know, it's not a sex change. It's not right. a sex change. No one's changing right. their sex. They're mutilating right. their bodies. And, right. and what pisses me off about that whole issue, if, um, to not get too tangential, um, but what pisses me off about that whole issue is that we know from this, um, from sociological and psychological studies that most people that have gender dysphoria when they're young are actually gay or bisexual. And to think that, you know, from my gay and bisexual friends, to think that they could have been eight to 16 years old and got in and have their bodies mutilated only to discover when, when they're, you know, young men, young women that, oh, I'm just gay or lesbian. <laughs> I'm not just fork. I was just having a hard time seeing how I integrated into this society that is in general different than I. And, and, and that's where, that's where my dysphoria was coming from. I mean, that just infuriates me to think that, I mean, the, the statistics are that it, the majority of those that, that express gender dysphoria are gay or bisexual. That, well, I should, should say they later find out that they are gay or bisexual. To think that those, pe those people would have had their genitals mutilated or their breast mutilated or taking hormones, that just, that, that just, just makes my blood fucking boil. I mean, I, I'm as straight as a, as, as a person can be, but this, so, so, so it's hard for me to put myself in, in the place of, of lesbians and gays and bisexual people. But it makes my fucking butt boil to think that, you know, friends that I have could have mutilated themselves and could possibly be mutilating people, could possibly be mutilating their children at this point, who only would have grown up to think, to realize and get, you know, once they got their head on straight, that, oh, I'm just gay. The problem is that a very, look, look, the, the common sense thing says, look, someone can't drink at that age they can't vote at that age they can't go into the military in that age they can't have their own money at that age they can't do anything at that age without their parents consent so why should you be able to do something as life-changing and irreversible as this now that makes perfect sense to you and i right many people in this country it makes perfect sense however i mean i have talked to people <clears throat> who claim and these are people who are not on the left they're on the right who claim that when a child truly feels as though they are not the proper sex. Or like when someone who's a, born a boy truly feels they should be a girl or vice versa. It is such a strong feeling. It is such a strong, definite feeling. And even when they're four, six, or eight, they will express it in ways that are incredibly strong, where almost you cannot deny that they feel that way. Now, that's not a very common thing. That's a rare thing. But the problem is, is that when that happens, you need to have a real good psychological evaluation to find out that is, is that child really feeling that way? Is, is, are, those, are those genuine feelings of they feel as, that they're in someone else's body, that they're not going to be able to live like this? And the problem is you have so many shrinks these days who are just far left wackadoos who how do you find a really good um, how do you find a really good psychologist? who can evaluate a child at that age, a psychologist who doesn't want to push a certain narrative, who's really fair and can really figure out what's going on. It's, it's really, it's really difficult. It's really difficult. But people I've talked about who are, who, who have worked with transgender kids, who have, who have worked with people who have changed their gender, 
they they say it's such a strong feeling that there's absolutely no denying it. Now, I've seen I've seen things on TV where four or five year olds are interviewed and they're asked about why don't you think you're a boy? Why do you think you're a girl? And their answer is that one kid actually answered this because my mommy tells me this because my mommy tells me I'm a boy when I'm a girl. Now, that obviously is total bullshit. And that is not a child with very strong feelings that they weren't born the same, the right gender. That's a parent who is so insane that they want their child to be a different gender. And so that is, that is what we have to stop. That, that's what's happening now. Well, that's yeah. what's happening. Because the, the feeling of, of being and someone uh, that, 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 when I understand that, that, that incredibly strong psychological and physical feeling that you're in the wrong body is so uncommon, it happens, but it's so uncommon that the left wants to make this a common thing where a four or five-year-old can simply just say one day, oh, mommy, I think I want to be a girl. And it's not a strong feeling. It's not a strong physical or psychological feeling. It's just something they're hearing on TV now or their teacher talks about. That's the problem, that the liberals are making it so easy for those kids to simply change their sex and ruin their lives forever when two years later they'll realize, what the fuck did I do? Or five years later they'll say, what the fuck did I do? What did I do? Yeah, they're not changing their sex. They're not changing their gender. They're having their body mutilated. And that's that's the sad thing about, about this is that I, mean, I, I encourage you to read about BID, body identity disorder. It's 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 an amazing thing. Um, I, I've mentioned it before. It, it's I, I, when I was in medical school, I saw one individual with it. And it is just something that just shocks. It'll just shock you to, to see someone talk like this. Um, they frequently come in. And they will request that they have an, a a limb amputated, uh, or an ear removed, just 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 you know the the earlobe, um, or an eye, um, and and they and every one of them comes it will it will have this phrase that they that they say, and it's ubiquitous, and they will say, "I need this to feel complete." And it's so ubiquitous amongst these groups. And this like a, it's not like this group of people who are talking to each other and that, that, that's where this phrase comes from. No, there's something about this body, di- body identity disorder um, that causes them to express this, this, their problem in this one particular way. I, I, I am 100% sure, as sure as I can be, that what is going on here with gender dysphoria is just body identity disorder. I think that is what most psychiatrists would agree with, um, that it is body, body identity disorder. Um, so this this whole idea that anyone could feel like they are born in the wrong body, that simply doesn't make any sense. If, if you're a male or you're a female and you have no experience as being the other sex, so you cannot possibly feel like you're the other sex. You can be obsessed with that. You can have a compulsion it, it, so that you're it, so you're expressing this outwardly to other people. And that means saying, oh, I feel like I'm born in the wrong body. But that's impossible because you don't know what it's like to be in any other body. That is simply it's simply not possible. So. This, the body identity disorder is a very, very, very right, complex right. and there's, weird, there's, weird, there's weird environmental, There's environmental stuff around it also. Yeah, um, and, and, and so the problem is that these... these um, wait a minute. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me play a devil's advocate for one second. I'm sure you'll have a good answer. Okay, then how is it then that people who have never had sex with a man know they only want to have sex with a woman and vice versa? That's that's not that's not body identity disorder. That's that's sexual orientation. Very 
two different things. Sexual identity. It's sexual identity. But what I'm saying is, how do you know? Sexual identity. How do you know? What I'm saying is, how do you know if you haven't tried that? It's it's sexual attraction. Right. Yeah, I know, but that that attraction is is there. I mean, speaking from personal experience, and I think every human being would would, would attest to this. Once they um, start having sexual desires, which usually occur in puberty, that that they know were the, the the object of their first sexual desires. And so, for me, it, there was just never any question. You know, I was I was you know it was just. And when you're when you're thirteen, you're going through puberty. I mean, those hormones are boiling. It's just like. You know, geez, her, her, her. I wonder if I wonder if she, wonder if she'll go for it. You know, <laughs> it's it's there's there's just no question as to, to as to who you're attracted to, even if you've never had sex. So I I I was a virgin up until the time I was 18 years old, but by the time I was 11 or 12, oh yeah, I was drawn like a freaking you know. 800 pound magnet to women there's there's nothing that could could ever i mean this the thought of men just would never have, have have ever entered my mind it's just the way we we are people some people are born bisexual some gay and, and they have this this sexual attraction it's entirely different than body disentity or body identity disorder and gender dysphoria it just it's just it's like comparing uh, a pancreatitis to a, a glioblastoma in the head you know it's they're, they're two different things so i don't i don't see your your point here in playing devil's advocate is what i'm trying to tell you no i i just, I just what made me think about that was you saying not knowing I'm going to say not knowing what it's like to be, right? Not knowing, being a boy and not knowing what it's like to be a girl. Being a girl and not knowing what it's like to be a boy. So that's why I made the analogy when I played the devil's advocate of, and I'm sure, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of parents, especially like conservative parents, whose kids come out as gay and they say, have you ever had sex with a girl? And the person will say no. And they go, how do you know? How do you know you're not going to like it? How do you know? How do you know? How do you know you're not going to like it? How do you know you don't like chocolate ice cream unless you try it? How do you know you don't like vanilla ice cream? What you're saying is it's just not the same thing. It's, it's not. It's not. It's not the same yeah. thing. It's. 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 It's apparent to to most people when they're pretty, when they're young, who they're sexually attracted to and who they're not, and, and it's. And it's. It's not subtle in any way. Um, and it's. And it's just part of. Our, it's just part of our genetics. Um, and there's genetic variability in that. But when it comes to body disorder and, and gender dysphoria, and this weird idea that people pass that people pass around that you can feel like you're in the wrong body. It's 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 no different than saying something like um if you're if you're blonde and saying like um I feel like a brunette. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> yeah. What the hell does well, that again, mean? I can't explain to you what it means. I, never I mean, at, at least at least you right. could get your hair color changed and you can convince well, me. Why don't we have look, on? Look why like don't we brunette. have on someone who's a, why don't we have on someone who's a conservative, someone who's very level headed with common sense, Caitlyn Jenner, and ask her what what the feeling is like. Ask her how she knew. I mean, there are people out there who are adults who have changed, right? And who, who say what I'm saying, right? They just didn't feel in the right body and they change and now they feel more whole and more and, and more psychologically sane, full. And, and, so. and, I will, and I will bet you that Jenner doesn't, if he is honest with this, doesn't feel any better at all, may even feel worse. I, there is no convincing evidence out there in the psychological literature, in psychiatric literature, that... Um, mutilating one's body and so-called gender transformations actually changes their um, their psychological state for the better. 
I don't know. I, once again, you, I'll, I'll, I'll buy what you say. You've done, you've, you, I, I don't know. I, there, I, there's, there, there's quite, there's quite a lot of data and there will be even more because of what's going on now. And you can bet that, that the um, uh, outcome and, uh, and prognosis um, uh, after, after uh, such um, drastic transformations, if we're going to call it that, you can, you can bet the statistics are going to get even worse. And we all know why is because social contagion is pushing people to do things that they shouldn't be doing right now. And so, you know, whatever the bad statistics were before with respect to improvement and and mental health, it is going to plummet now. Well, and and the real bad thing about all this is how the left has used this once again as a wedge issue and also to take a rights away from another group. It's bizarre. take Take rights away from women, such as allowing biological men to compete in women's sports and totally dominate them and destroy them. And that's yeah, yeah. So, so this, this gender identity thing is the, once again, women's rights, the feminist movement was a thing of the time. Now that's past them. Now the new virtue signal is much stronger <laughs> and they have to go with this, no matter how much it destroys women's rights. And they'll never admit it destroys women's rights. They don't, they, they won't admit it when obviously it does. It, it, it destroys women's rights, right? Women have the right to compete against other women biologically and have fair competition, not have a guy who's three times the size of them with a the, with the huge wingspan and, ba- and, and huge back because he's a man and is able to build his back that way and huge bigger lung capacity and totally dominate them. To go from eight hundredth place when he was a, when he when he when he swam with men to first place when he's a, well, it's so obvious you're so obviously destroying women's rights it, yes, here's, it's so obvious and they well, can't well, even admit that they can't admit it yeah, here, here, I'll, I'll just say this one thing and I'll get off so others get on but, but here, here, here's been my perspective you know as a liberal um, over the years. I've always had the perspective that I don't like men's um, sports and women's sports being separated. I think I, I, as, as, as many feminists say, I think men and women under the law should be treated equal. And I mean that in every respect when it comes, when it comes to sports and, and when it comes to opportunities in general in, in this, in this world that they should be. So I don't think there should be separate sports um, funded by, by separate um, uh, in, in universities that receive state and federal money that are getting uh, equal amounts through title IX. I don't think that should happen. I think men and women should compete and whoever's better should win. And it's just, just like in any other, whether you're competing to become a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer or whatever. I mean, that's what women wanted. wanted was no, no, right no. But it's, but, it's, but, it's, but, well, it's women, but it's the women who want their own category. What's that? Most women wouldn't agree with you. They want their own category. When it comes I know to they do. And, right. and, 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 I think, and I think that's a problem. As, some, as somebody that thinks that totally agrees with women that you should have the right to compete with men in every field. Yes, you have the right to compete and you have the right to fail. And Billie Jean King beat Bobby Riggs. You remember that? Yeah. She beat him. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So it's, yeah, well, it was, it was, it was, what was it? A 20, 25 uh, year difference? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's, that's true. But no, I, I agree with you on, on sports, but I do think men should make more money than women. I kid you. I joke. I joke. I'm joking. Okay. Yeah. I'm joking. And by the way, you were virgin at 18. That's better than being a 40 year old virgin. You know, so, so, you know. Yeah, that was a great movie. <laughs> that, that was, that was, I, I loved that movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> Daniel, yeah, actually, look. I think it might have been more, more, more like nineteen or, or something like that. But um, yeah, yeah, oh, keep yeah, going but, up. What, what is it going to be next? Twenty-seven. What's that? <laughs> what's next? You keep going up. It was eighteen. It was nineteen. It's one. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just refreshing my refreshing my memory. I think it might, might have been more, more, more like nineteen. I was, I was just a you know a really shy kid and uh, uh, painfully shy in, in a lot of respects and. Um, even though I had, even though I had a lot of girlfriends, um, I just um, was just too shy about it. And even though the hormones were raging, I was just too shy. Yeah. No, I understand. I, I, I was, I was very shy when I was young too. I, I'm no longer shy, but I was when I was a teenager. Yeah, yeah, same, yeah. same here. You know, a lot of people grow out of it. Um, it, it took me a long, long, long time to grow out of it. Um, a long, long time to kind of grow out of my introversion. Well, what uh, helped, what helped me was going on. What helped, what really did help me. Now that I think about it, is uh. Uh, is is going on like the radio when I was like 18, 19 years old. And, yeah. And when you go on New York radio at, at 18, 19 years old to show people how far I've fallen. Anyway, when you go on New York radio and you're 18, it, that kind of gives you a little more, a little more, you know, uh, I guess, confidence and makes you less shy, you know, but, but before that, you know, when I was a, when I was a kid, I was incredibly shy. Yeah, was, yeah. 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 Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to go. Thanks. I've been Thanks on here call. blabbing right. for too long. So. I, no, I appreciate it. Thank you. Good call. Yeah. Good call. In fact, I'm going to give you how many thumbs up for that call? Two? The three. All right, three thumbs up. Daniel. How's it going, Daniel? You're on Let's Be Heard. What's up tonight? Hey, Mike. I'm sorry, Bill, 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 Bill. You really enjoyed that call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bill. How's it going, Bill? How are you? Good. Well, the first thing I wanted to comment on was Ron DeSantis. I thought he had a lot of class in his response. I mean, he could have easily got drawn into the gutter with Trump and really gone at him. I he mean, never does, though. He doesn't. He yeah. doesn't do it. He doesn't take, he never takes the bait, you know, he never takes the bait. And I thought Trump, wow, he could have, I mean, with the Epstein history of Epstein and Robert Maxwell and Roy Cohen, man, yeah, yeah. that, that could have yeah. been a dangerous, yeah. I, I, it's shocking that he even went there. It might, to, uh, you know, that, that, that stuff could be used against Trump come primaries. Yeah. You know, come yeah. debates and stuff. There's no doubt about it. I'll tell you one thing right now, DeSantis is not even in the race yet. Right. But I don't think DeSantis is going to take too much of Trump's shit once he's in the race. Well, I I, I think uh, a couple of things. One, I don't, I don't think Trump would pull that if once they're in a primary situation because um, that would anyone who has an issue with Trump on on that matter would it would just blow up. I I just think that'd be the foolish thing for him to do. But you know what? You never know. He's got a lot of. He killed his heels right now with the vaccine issue, in my opinion, and Trump does. I mean, and I think uh, DeSantis is on the right side of this. So, but anyway, um, I wanted to mention there's a Dr. Resnick with Metagenics. I put a link into his video. He's talking about, for those who are vaccine injured, um, how the spike protein can keep being uh, an issue for people. And um, N-acetylcysteine, NAC, and something that the Japanese have developed called naconase. Anyway, that it, they're finding it helps keep the red blood cells from clumping and keeps inflammation down. It may help people who have, you know, post-vaccine issues. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, what's also interesting, the next thing is Dr. Peter McCullough. He did a 
recent piece a couple of weeks ago with Maria Z. She's out of Australia. You know Dr. Peter McCullough, of course, American Frontline doctor, oh, yeah, yeah. cardiologist with the most peer-reviewed uh, articles. I mean, this guy's last I read, he has like a thousand peer-reviewed articles. Uh, I don't know if that's the number, um, but that's the last I read. It's crazy. I mean, oh, it's COVID, most published. He still is, but before COVID, all these people. He, he was considered one of the top cardiologists yes. in the world, another country in the world. In the yep. world. But 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 the censors at Twitter knew more right. than, he, than he does. They, they yeah. knew more than he does. Yeah, absolutely the same. But a couple of good things. Well, on one side, there's he's citing. He recently did a study with a woman out of Italy, Polly. I can't Doctor Polly. I can't remember her last name. Anyway, the point is the links in the in the chat, and he's saying that amongst professional athletes and semi-pro athletes, there's a tenfold increase in cardiac um, heart attacks and issues. Tenfold since the vaccine. Wow. That's the way the numbers play out now. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, well, look, it's, once again, you want, people just want to deny reality. They want to know. right in front of their face. There are definitely, definitely more younger people dying out of nowhere now. Mm-hmm. There are more stories. I'm not, I, I look, I've, I constantly comb television, cable news, social media mm-hmm. before COVID and since COVID. And I've never seen where several, uh, every week now I'm seeing two, three, four, almost, almost one a day. I'm yeah. seeing a story. Once again, a story written about someone who died at 25 or 30 or just had a, mm-hmm. who had a stroke, who had a blood clot. Did you hear about that comedian who was 51, who was on a cruise ship? Uh, no. The, the guy who was on America's Got Talent a few years ago. He was a comedian, okay. stand-up comic. He was on a cruise ship doing a gig, and he had a stroke. 51 wow. years old. No other problems, no other health conditions, just had a stroke and died on the cruise ship. And so yeah. we're seeing more of these stories now every day. So once again, we're seeing stories written about people who are either are celebrities or, or, you know, have higher profile. You can only imagine how many people who aren't celebrities or have mm. no profile who are dying every day now, right? So we, we know well, these numbers are up. We know these numbers are up. And some countries have reported numbers being up. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sure the athletes um, are kind of – a red a red flag, of course. They they say that if they get a vaccine injured in the heart, and then of course the athletic uh, effort, the adrenaline rush can you know bring apart the heart attack, uh, the myocarditis. But the, the the bottom line is the the injuries are across the board, whether athlete or not. And then it could be just a matter of time where this sudden death sudden death death syndrome, where these people die in their sleep or just out of nowhere. You know what I mean? And the myocarditis, all the side effects we know. So I totally well, agree. I, I, I wanted to ask you something. I wanted to get, yeah. I think you might have some more insight on this. Do you have any insight? I've been reading through it on the James O'Keefe issue at Project Veritas that they want to dump him. No. They, yeah. At Project Veritas? I, to, I, I thought he was doing really good work. Why would no, they, they, they want? Forced, they forced him out. They want to force him out. They want to force well, out James O'Keefe. He's that's got to be pressure from Pfizer. Well, that's, what, that's what the that's what the people are saying. That's what I'm reading. Yeah. That that uh, he went after Pfizer, and this right. is like this is not a coincidence. That shortly going after Pfizer and exposing right. Pfizer and that employee. Yeah, the founder and chairman of Project Veritas has taken a paid leave from the organization as his board considers uh, whether to remove him from his leadership position, according to current and former employees. And most people, like Charlie Kirk and others are saying this guy is Project Veritas. Right. That you remove him, you're destroying Project Exactly. Veritas. So uh, it, it really seems as though Big Pharma had, has called in their mafia. 
Well, I would say you got to remember this starts where at the World Health Organization, the World Economic Forum. Um, they're, you know, they have this ubiquitous um, uh, power. Uh, I don't know what to call it. It's all part of their agenda, you know. Create chaos, order from chaos, the Hegelian dialect. You know, this is all part of the Great Reset. All part of their whole mechanism because this whole it was and is a pandemic. I mean, clearly bioterrorism. Dr. Peter McCullough talked about the COVID and the vaccine being a bioterrorism attack, and he still talks about it that way. Right. You know. Right. Um, so uh, this is, you know, uh, problem, reaction, solution, creating this absolute insanity. And what happened? Sixty-three percent of small businesses in America shuttered forever. That's that's one third the economy because small businesses were around 60% of the economy. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. So you shutter 63% of them. What happens? You know, and this is the agenda. I mean, of course we know the, the next, this whole Ukraine war. Look at what war hasn't the United States allied us into? Like you think about it. Gulf of Tonkin, you know, the Pentagon Papers. Uh, no weapons of mass destruction, no Iraqi hijackers, by the way, there were 15 Saudis. Anybody remember that? You know what I mean? And two United Emirates, one uh, Lebanese and one Turkish, if I'm not mistaken, but there was no Iraqis. You know what I'm saying? Not to mention how they dropped three buildings with two planes, you know, <laughs> building seven, but that's all another matter. But you see what I'm saying? In other words, we are, then Afghanistan, the Afghan papers, what are we doing there? You know what I mean, Mike? So the, why would we believe that we have Biden, Burisma, we have the the uh, the uh, uh, bio labs? What do we have? Thirty odd bio labs in Ukraine? If I'm not some outrageous, one was built with funding when Obama was in office. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, this is absolute insanity. So we, clearly, the Maidan coup. You know, Victoria Nuland. I mean, I'm just a couple of cues. The the for heaven's sakes, the Minsk Accords 1 and 2, which Poroshenko came out and said we never intended to abide by this. Just use it eight years to build up NATO forces and armament. They had no intention of having any peace in Ukraine. That's that's the the Western hegemony, the NATO forces. So that's what um, we're hearing now. I, I heard that, yeah. the, that they were going to come to sort of a peace negotiation. The U.S. didn't want them to do it. Right. It was the, right, it was the U.S. who said that, no, we don't want you to do this. So... It, Look, this is a. We know about the war machine in this country. Right. This country has promoted so many wars, mm-hmm. you know, and has been the money behind so many wars. Wars that yeah. you know th- this country has supported economically. So many wars that we didn't even hear mm-hmm. about. You know, so mm-hmm. clandestine wars as well as the big ones that that, mm-hmm. that get out there and we hear about. So we know that this 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 country has been you know uh, that's been a b- big issue with the United States is that mm-hmm. we are basically the funder of the war machine. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. Well, the way it goes. You know, Jeffrey right. Sachs said the most violent empire prior to 1950 was the British Empire, and now it's, not, it's been the United States. It's Medley Butler. War is a racket. I don't know if you heard of his work, Two Purple Hearts, and he said, never start thinking for myself till I got out of the military. Right. Wrote a book, War is a Racket. Basically, he said he's, I'm, I may misquote him, but he said something like, like Al Capone had, what, five boroughs or something? and Or yeah. five... And he's and he was like he he ruled five countries for American. And, and, and the thing about the war card, William. Yeah. The war card. Play, mm-hmm. Playing the war card is that it's such an easy card to play. Mm-hmm. Because you see what happens, whether it's with nine eleven or Iraq yep. 
or this is that most Americans, even on both sides of the political spectrum, get behind it right away. Right? Yeah. You can get American. Yeah. You can drum up the hatred of another country right. so easily here, and say they're a threat to us, like like, mm-hmm. like Saddam Hussein in Iraq, which of course was never true. Weapons right. of destruction to destroy the United States never true. Ukraine. Mm-hmm. They're playing the same game now. Where Russia, if they take over Ukraine, they'll take over Poland. They'll take over Europe. They'll take over everybody. Bullshit, obviously. It's, it, is, it's, it is total nonsense. I mean, you, Mike, you hit the nail on the head. Um, and with John Perkins, uh, Confessions of an Economic Hitman, one and two, he's did a lot of good work. And Michael Rivero, All Wars Are Bankers Wars, two interesting books and videos to consider. I mean, you know, uh, and yeah, I, I totally agree. We, uh, Oh, there's also Professor Mersheimer. He's been, he, Mersheimer, I've never heard about him, but he, he was, you know, him and Jeffrey Sachs consulting the American government trying to prevent war again, this whole Ukraine thing. And, but it was a freight train. Oh, Clinton, uh, what's her name? Hillary. She acknowledged, she said, we're going to make, um, Ukraine another Afghanistan. The whole idea of Afghanistan was to draw Russia down. To, to bankrupt Russia, uh, the Soviet Union, to break up the Warsaw Pact. Right. Well, yeah. and Osama bin Laden turned out to be a CIA op, Tom Ullman, who actually was trained by the CIA, and, and Hillary Clinton acknowledged that, you know, well, who, what came out of there? Uh, so the Mujahideen, and Mujahideen became what? Basically the al-Qaeda, okay, the Taliban. Do you follow me? Right. And, Clinton admitted in for Congress, well, the people we fund are now the people we're fighting, right? And then we had the yeah, yeah, we had the Wahhabi terrorists out of Saudi uh, out of Saudi Arabia. That they the biggest terrorist cell is the Wahhabi terrorists right out of Saudi Arabia. Well, tell me, that's where we have our petrodollar trade and also our arms trade, right? Biggest ally. You're going to tell me that fifteen Saudi hijackers were reported, right? Mm-hmm. What the heck are we going to Iraq for? We couldn't spend special forces into that Wahhabi terror cell and knock them out? Right. Do you follow me? Right. Or, or drummed up the, the Saudi military along with ours and gone after them? What the heck are we going to? You know, unbelievable. I mean, um, but, uh, you know, I totally concur. Getting, getting, winding it back, <laughs> winding it back, I really appreciate you taking the time to share with me, but because some people, I get a lot of flack from people in smaller calling groups. Oh, Bill, you're on a monologue. There he goes. You know, I'm like, well, I have a lot to share. If someone wants to add to it, fine. You know, I, you, I can talk about anything. We can go anywhere, you know. Yeah. And then sometimes and, we talk um, about war. Sometimes yeah. we talk about football. Yep. You know, sometimes we talk. So you're not going to watch football? I stopped when, you know what got me to stop watching football, Mike, was what I saw at the level we were at, which was one double A, which uh, 60 scholarships versus one A is 90 scholarships, you know, uh, you were right. But we went to the one double A quarterfinals, you know, we won the Yankee Conference Championship and I saw and I, I still see um, rampant uh, performance enhancing drug use, rampant. They, they claim now. Now, well, here's the deal. What, for example, I'll tell you straight up. When I was in camp with the Patriots, they told they announced uh, when we were in mini camp. They told us when we we're going to be tested, August 19th. I mean, they told us the test date, right? The NFL Players Association negotiated with the NFL 
here's the thing. Steroids, you can check with the urine test. Growth hormone, you need a blood test. And so the way they arranged this new testing program is they get, as far as the blood test, the, the players are given advance notice. So no less than 48 hours. Okay. So what happens is if you're taking growth hormone and you get the nod, you're going to be tested. You just stop taking it. And the threshold is set at such a level that you can't test positive because within 48 hours, your growth hormone levels, if they're synthetic plummet, if once you stop taking it. So doesn't the league know this? Well, they did it intentionally because you keep, keep in mind what, okay. Bigger, faster, stronger oh, cells. So, so, take, no, so it's like a league saying we're doing it, but they know they're really not doing it, right? It's a cosmetic, uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, all it is. Yeah. Because bigger, faster, so stronger it's like baseball, cells. Baby. It's like baseball. It's, 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 yeah, same it's, it's thing. It's the other way because they're all hitting home runs, right? They were all well, hitting home runs. And people it, were going it, to the ballpark. They were watching. <laughs> it was exciting to see home runs. But then they, at the same time, they looked the other way. They knew these guys were taking this crap, right? But then when it goes... When it goes, um, uh, when when it becomes an issue, when the Congress starts talking about it, then of course all the baseball execs say, "Oh, we're going to crack down on this now." It's all bullshit. It's 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 all uh, window dressing. Uh, the, the bigger, faster, stronger sells tickets, home runs, sells records, sell tickets. Uh, remember Lance Armstrong, seven Tour de France. Uh, look, everybody in that situation, from coaches to trainers, knows exactly what's going on. There's no secrets. Do you follow me? Yeah. And um, so, you know, the guy Balco Labs. Remember Balco Labs? The guy got busted on the whole uh, Barry Bonds uh, McGuire thing, right? Yeah. yeah. He come out and he said, "Notice after the first week, he was muted." He said, "I." He goes, "Look, I'm not doing anything different than anybody else. I'm just doing it better." And you know what else? I got whole NBA basketball teams on my roster. And then, boop, they negotiated a deal with him. Shut him up. You know what I mean? Move him off to the side. Balco was here in San Francisco, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was San Francisco. Yeah. Right. So so playing ball myself, I never got into that stuff. I I just, to me, it was like, I was. let me tell you what. When I, when I come out of the huddle at URI, right, a team that went to the NCAA quarterfinals, I was the smallest guy. I was 6'1", 245 as a pulling guard. But I had good feet, and I was fast. And they, we had a rollout offense, kind of like Doug Flutie had back when the day of Boston College. You remember when yeah. uh, with Jack Bicknell? So we had a we were before that time, but we had a rollout offense. So we we needed someone like me at right guard because our quarterback was right-handed who could pull out and get outside and whatever. And so, but our, my tackle was over three. Wish he was probably three ten, three twenty, like six seven. My, the center, Ellis, he was 6'5", 290. The left guard was 285. Larry was, he wasn't very tall. He was like 6'2". In other words, I was the smallest guy coming out of the huddle. And my friends who knew me who would see me one-on-one said, I thought you are a pretty good-sized guy, but I saw you come out of the huddle. You look like a peanut. Yeah, it's true because these guys are so big. Well, so when I got signed with the Patriots in a combine, three guys out of 175, I went through the lineman's workout, and they pulled me aside and said, you'll never make it in the NFL as a lineman. We're going to try you out at linebacker. And I'm like, 
I don't know the first thing about linebacker. Don't worry about it. Just go through the drills. They saw enough in, you know, the testing. They signed me at linebacker. And it was a year that the Patriots had an all-pro linebacker court. Steve Nelson, yeah, Donnie right. Blackman, yeah, yeah. Andre Tibbet. Here they yeah. went to the Super Bowl, right? right? So here I am trying to make it at linebacker, having never played linebacker. I like started one game against Lehigh as a rush end when one of our defensive ends got hurt on defense. But what I, what I meant was that um, I didn't know anything about linebacker. So I had to try and learn it. And on the run, uh, but, you know, I sent you the letter. Ray Burry wrote me. I don't know if you got it. I direct messaged it to you. I did check it out, yes. Yeah. Yes. So they, they recognized, you know, I was doing the best I can, and I went in really good shape. But it was just a matter of numbers. Um, so, my, like I joke, my pseudo claim to fame is I cut, cut by the Patriots that went did, to the Super Bowl. Did you ever take drugs of any kind? No. No, to me, to me, it was a matter of principle. I said, you know what, if I can make it with on my own, just you know, working out hard and, and, and training hard, fine. If not, then that was always my mindset. But I will say this. I played against a bunch of guys who did get in the NFL. So one, I don't want to, one, one got a Super Bowl ring, uh, Sean Jones, when we were, playing Northeastern, he was playing defense and I blocked him a lot of times when he was a defensive lineman. And cause he was their, their uh, left side defensive tackle. That, that would be their strong side tackle, you know, on our right side of our right, offense. Right, 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 right. And so a lot of times I'd reach out and block him, but he was very tall. He was best of my recollection. He was at least six, six, maybe six, seven. And because I was six one yeah. and I was two forty five, I was, built well, I can get under the big guys because I get lower. You know, at six one, it was easier for me. It's hard for the guys six seven to get as low as me and keep their right. balance. Right. So I would get under them and be able to block them that way to for the big guys. And but he mm, I'm trying to remember if we played him my junior year or not. I think that was the last time we played Northeastern. And you know what happens is they the guys as they get older they get bigger, and I don't want to. Let's face it. When he got in the, by the time he got to the NFL, he was what two eighty five, pushing two eighty five. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't play against him at two eighty five, but I will say there were a lot of guys I did play throughout the my career in college, and then when I got into camp with the Pats, and then I was signed by the Rough Riders the year they went to their Grey Cup in eighty six. I played against a lot of guys who I saw metamorphize. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> from you know, yeah, right. from li- literally, Mike, from six six two forty to three twenty or three fifteen. Chicken and yeah. eggs. Chicken and eggs. Chicken and eggs does it. Eating chicken. <laughs> oh right, right, and protein powder. Yeah, yeah sure. Wait a minute. It's so. Look once again. This is like not believing what you see with your own eyes. Right. I just look at. I look at baseball players. I look yeah. at. Look at. Look at Bonds. How skinny oh, he was as a Pittsburgh. That's Pirates. right. And then when he was in the Giants, he was like twice the size. Yes. Right? Yeah, know? yeah, he and was. We're not talking about someone going from like 14 years old to 18 years old. So no, that's about, different. Like 21 to 23, and they're yeah. exploding, exploding. Yeah. You know, Mark McGuire was much skinnier. Same thing. And then exploded, you know. So, and of course, Jose Canseco too, but Canseco admitted about the drugs. Right. He admitted everyone was taking drugs. Remember how they wanted to destroy Jose Canseco because he was telling the truth? Right. He, that was the first book that ever came out, right, about, about the yeah. drugs. And yeah. uh, by the way, I saw Jose Canseco. This is a swear to God. I was in a I was in a diner in Chelsea in Manhattan. 
uh-huh. a diner, a cheap diner. I mean, not an expensive place, a cheap diner. Uh, good food, but cheap. And there's Jose Canseco eating in that diner. Yeah. This, this was like in the, I guess, mid to late, I mean, yeah, I'd say mid to late 90s in New York City. And uh, I just remember thinking, well, that, there's the guy. And this is at the time when it was all exploding, really, right? Yes. There's the guy who actually told the truth you know, about, about steroids, and they wanted to absolutely destroy him. But all you needed to do is have two eyes to see how big these guys were getting. Yeah. Not just their, how about, not just their bodies, their heads, right? Their necks, the forehead, all that stuff. Well, what, what, what happened is a couple of things. One, literally get bigger, faster, stronger, all at the same time. So now you got a guy who's, well, here's what happens. Here's what happens. Okay, back in the day, you remember Dr. J, for example, how Thin he was, tall, thin, Julius great Irving. athlete, right? Julius Irving. Julius Irving. Julius Irving. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or even, even if you looked at Shaq coming out of college, right? What was he, about 245, maybe 250? Probably. A lot smaller than he is now. At, at seven foot two or something, yeah. whatever he was. Yeah. So, so here I was 245 at six one. He was maybe 245, 250 at seven foot two. You see, I was, the difference is those guys, in the NFL, when the, when the, they have the frame though. So when they take the steroids and the growth hormone, they could pack on a ton of weight and strength and speed. And I saw guys who were running five twos without the juice, uh, gain 60, 70 or more pounds and drop their 40 time by four tenths of a second. That, in other words, they're getting that much bigger and the 40 times, that's significant in the 40. If you can drop your time four or five tenths of a second, you know, get down from a five two to a, to a four seven or four eight. And then you have, then you, now what you have is then you have guys playing rush end, like a strong side defensive end who were, were, or tackle who were, they could be, you know, six, six or six, five, they have long arms, right? Which is a huge benefit. Daniel Do you follow that's me? Crazy. Daniel says that's crazy. Oh, it happens. And then now they're running. Oh, there was guys even in combines timing down to like four, five, nine and four, six, um, at those kinds of body weights, 270. That's so right. now think of this, Mike, force equals mass times velocity. Now they've got all that mass and it's, going at a much higher speed and i'll tell you what the impacts are so much greater you know what i mean the g-forces and the and the the damage and the injuries and the head injuries mm-hmm. that's why you're going to see more and more the thing about a helmet no matter how the helmet protects your skull from outer damage and impact but just like in a car accident like say you were you you had your belt on, your airbags open, but you get into high-speed car accident. A lot of those are internal injuries because of the the organs bouncing across inside your body. Absolutely. You follow me? E- oh, even if is, yeah, yeah. So this is yeah. what happens with the brain. So now, you know, there's no external injury to the cranium as far as uh, you know, bone fracture or anything to the dermis, but inside the brain is bouncing around. And so then you get damage and these proteins form to heal the damage, the tau proteins, and they literally interrupt the, the, the neural pathways, the synapses. And so that's where this CTE comes from. Maybe Daniel could correct me if I don't have that. I think I got overview, overview, thumbnail version. And so you get this interruption of neural pathways. Now they found that high schoolers, 
if, who they did autopsies on from a car accident or, you know, a sudden death for another reason, who were football players, had the tau protein in their brains. In other words, the more and longer you play and the higher level you play, and as time goes on, the more damage. And this is where, you know, the, uh, you, you see people, oh, well, Kenny Stabler said he, he had, uh, problems with that. Um, sure. um, there were quarterbacks who were, you know, they get tackled, they get jammed, they get the helmet in the head, and then they hit the ground hard. Now their head bounces off the ground. They get a guy landing on them. And quarterbacks are having a huge problem. But the biggest were the linemen because we were constantly hitting one another. Every play, where it's, say, a wide receiver. The only thing, he, I, have, the only mm-hmm. thing I have an issue with, I agree with you on this stuff. The only thing I have an issue with is there really isn't any great science that says that these steroids cause long-term issues as far as, like, cancer. And, you know, they always wanted to link. Who was the uh, – Lyle Alzado, right? Wasn't Lyle Alzado the one who died? Of yeah, cancer? yeah. Mm-hmm. And he says that he took steroids. Okay, but yeah. once again, correlation, correlation doesn't mean causation. You know what I'm saying? There's a million other things that give you, that give you cancer. You know, so it's like well, – there, there hasn't really been good science done that shows that taking steroids is going to give you cancer, you know, is going to increase – you know, I think a lot of that stuff was made up once again, to, to make people stop doing it, right? To make people fearful of it. Well, I, you know, I, that, I, I, maybe Daniel can answer. I don't, I can tell you anecdotally, I, the 12 of the guys I play with are dead already. I'm only 62. But it's not, um, was, it, was that head, head injury stuff or steroids? Well, we combination of things. Guys who died of uh, liver and kidney cancer from, from PD use, well, all I know is they use PEDs. They got systemic cancer, and they died. I can't say for sure because anything could cause cancer. I suppose so. Right. But um, what would I would say overall? It's kind of like how can I say the the performance enhancing drugs? It's not just cancer. It's the CTE. It's the uh, carnage of of the connective tissue injuries because when you're bigger, faster, stronger, and playing on astroturf. Holy shit. The tendons, uh, are stressed to the max. In other words, the muscles get so strong and yet the tendons and the ligaments, the, 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 the ligaments don't get any stronger when you take steroids. In other words, the weak links always go first. Do you follow me? That would be yeah, the tendons yeah, and the ligaments. And that's why you see athletes, uh, sometimes a team will start with a roster and by near the end of the season, half the guys, aren't playing anymore. They got a whole new bunch of guys playing because of the rate of injury. It's happened. Um, you add AstroTurf to that and, you know, the, that, that, the grass, the old grass fields, unless it was frozen, the old grass fields gave, um, more well, underfoot. Let me ask you Bill. Uh, there are more injuries. It seems to me that there are more injuries now. Yes. Right? More injury, more guys out every year, whether it's not right. football, baseball, hockey, everything. More injuries happening, guys out for longer periods of time. And I'm thinking, but aren't aren't these athletes supposed to be better conditioned now than in the old days? So, are there more injuries now, or is it that in the old days people just played with injuries? You know what I'm saying? Or they, or, or they just they, they you know what I'm saying? They didn't sit out; they played through it. Uh, well, I mean, well, well, if we're going to talk about, we got to talk about double zero Jamado. If we're going to talk about playing with injuries, remember the old Oakland Ra- Raiders yeah, uh, center. Right. Right. And Webster, who, uh, with the Steelers, um, yes, the guys were pulling to the locker room and I saw it happen with our, you know, going to the locker room, get an injection, come back out and play. 
you know, a lot of these guys, Dick Buckus was another one, they end up with long-term injuries where they could barely walk. Even Jim Brown. From, for that matter, myself, I'm bone on bone in both hips and I got displaced vertebrae and I got a ruptured disc L5 pressing on my spinal cord. I mean, I'm on two canes at 62. Yeah, so, that's terrible. But it, it, yeah. So there were a lot of injuries and people played through them because I don't understand how – it doesn't make any sense to me that guys have gotten – they're eating healthier now, they're vegan, they're working out all the time. They're stretching, but there seems to be more injuries. I Well, that's I would suggest there's two reasons for that. One, AstroTurf, because the foot, the, the, you could cut much faster on AstroTurf, as you know, versus grass. And, you know, it, it, the grass gives away even good sod in certain conditions, moisture, and difference in the beginning of the season than towards mid-season, you know, the fields, you know, get banged up. The fields get chewed up a little. So there's give. And with that give, uh, there's the grass would give out a little bit before, say, the knee ligament. You know, now when you're playing on astroturf, you get guys bigger, faster, stronger. Everything gets amplified. Uh, so that's that, why you see more injuries. But is that, but, but I, I, I seem to be seeing more injuries with the quarterbacks. I mean, the quarterbacks of the old days, like Terry Starbuck and Bradshaw, uh, and, and mm-hmm. they well, they never got hurt. They always played. It didn't seem like they were. Well, they didn't get seared. They didn't get like these season-ending injuries, or they didn't yeah. like, sit out for ten weeks straight. I follow two teams basically: the 49ers mm-hmm. and the Cowboys. And every season, mm-hmm. they both the 49ers go through two of the four quarterbacks every season. It seems. Yeah, you know, well, I don't get it. I I'll tell you why that happens. I'll tell you why that happens. Terry Bradshaw, for example. Depending on what when he was, say he was about two fifteen in his younger days, and then he, towards the end of his career, he might have been up to two and a quarter, maybe two thirty. I'm not sure exactly, but he was in that size. He wasn't a small guy. Terry Brescia was a pretty good sized guy, right, for a quarterback, which may be about what the quarterbacks are playing today. On the flip side, you know, Mike Webster. Well, I know it's offensive line, but just to give an example: a lineman back in those days was maybe 250. So now you, you see the size differential wasn't that big of a difference between the quarterback and the lineman who was going to be hitting him and even the linebacker. The quarterbacks, the, Jack Ham, Lambert, remember the, the Steelers linebackers, the famous linebackers? Of their, they were like 215. Right. So so what I'm saying is now you, you get a linebacker today that's all jacked and juiced and let me tell you, there's a concoction. It's, it's a lot of guys are on speed. Some are on crystal meth. It's common, right? They're on steroids or on growth hormone. And, you know, they're, they're hitting much harder and they're bigger. And so, especially defensive linemen now, like you take a guy like Merlin Olson back in the day, uh, he was big at like 260, 270. He wasn't running. I don't know what his exact time was, but I, I'll bet you he wasn't running a sub five, five forty. Do you follow me? He was probably running right, five, yeah, two, five, four. Right, right, right. Whereas today, those guys at that size, they're, they could be running a four, six, five. Do you follow me at 270? Because of the steroids, just like the Olympic athletes, the sprinters like Ben Johnson. Remember how fast he was when he was on juice and then he got caught, the Canadian sprinter, and never won another race. Do you follow me? Even though he tried to compete after that. So, and he's not the only one. I don't want to pick on him, but he's the one that we know of. Do you follow me? Yeah. And so, so what happens is, okay, now you're an offense, you're, you're a quarterback. 
And one, you're not landing on grass anymore. You're landing on turf. And turf has got padding, but underneath that, it's concrete. It's, it's solid, the concrete or whatever they lay that field out. Then there's padding on, then there's a turf. Do you follow me? And they only give so much. Landing on a grass field, unless it's frozen, you know, it's very different landing on dirt than landing on ash turf. And the turf gives initially, but, and they've done a lot just to where they've create some slippage now. You know what I mean? Where you're not always biting and tearing up needs because too many guys were getting hurt. They had to modify the turf and they tried at one point they were using like a ground up black rubber, almost like sand. They were thrown in the, on the turf so that there was a little give. Do you follow me? I understand. Yeah. Yeah. So. Good. Good. Sorry, Bill. Good. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that guys are bigger, faster, stronger. The quarterbacks, um, they're breaking their collarbones a lot. You see collarbones and shoulder injuries. Right. Because what happens is when you get a guy, imagine you're, you get a guy. I, I gotta tell you, I think the quarterbacks are some of the tougher guys on the field. And I'll tell you why. When I'm playing offensive line, I'm going to come out and hit somebody. And I, that's my job, right? And I'm padded in my head and my shoulder and whatnot, but I'm coming out from a three point stance. Or if I'm playing linebacker and I'm two point stance, I'm crouched and I'm getting ready to hit somebody. If I'm a quarterback, I'm dropping back in the pocket or I'm rolling out. I'm going to, if unless I'm tucking the run, I'm going to have to open up. I got to open up, pull my arm back, make my chest vulnerable to throw the football. Sure. Can you imagine now you got some guy barreling down on you who, you know, he, you got linemen who are trying to block him, but he's trying to knock you on your ass and he could be six, 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 seven, two seventy, two eighty five, jack to the max. And he's going to try and take you down. And the size differential and speed differential, that's where you're seeing the injuries. Now you didn't have defensive linemen, two seventy, two eighty five, running four sevens, four six eights. Hitting quarterbacks, and the so there wasn't the big sides differential. Now I, these, I, I, mean, I have to, I have to go in a second. But yeah, yeah. I do want to ask you one more question. I, I know we're talking about football, you, you, you yeah, football, but I, I'm also seeing a lot of injuries in baseball now. A lot mm-hmm. of injuries in baseball when it comes to what throwing arms, when it comes to elbows, when it comes to like, mm-hmm. hamstrings, calves, ankles. Do you think that guys are working out too much? You know, I. Uh... I can't say uh, overtraining can be a problem, you know, but you would think they'd have trainers who were professional. You have to recover. You have to have enough recovery time. Um, there may be, you know, like Clemens kind of got busted in that balco thing, you know, that pitchers and baseball players and are, can gain a performance edge from steroid use. They just take a different combination and perhaps different levels than, uh, say, a defensive lineman would take. But, um, in fact, Frank Shorter, who was an Olympic uh, long-distance runner, I remember way back in the day, did a survey. Um, and they're even, believe it or not, there were even endurance athletes that were using steroids on certain levels, smaller levels. And his survey was if you could take, if you knew that you're going to win the gold medal, and die at age 50, you know, but you'd have to take certain drugs to do it. And would you do it? And the 
I forget the exact stats because it's so long ago, but the vast majority of the athletes said they would do it just to win the gold. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That that desire to win is almost pathological to say something like that, that I'd rather die at 50 and win as long as I win my gold gold medal. You got to tell me when you remember Florence Joyner with the long fingernails, the Flojo? Yeah. Well, all I can tell you is what we were reading in the body building magazines at the time, which were kind of like the trade magazine, was the re- now, she died of congestive heart failure at like 38. And Reggie White, by the way, he was another great uh, lineman with the Green Bay Packers. He died in, I remember, 48, mid-40s or so from congestive heart failure. The heart muscle grows when they're taking all the, could affects all the muscles. And then when they go off, the heart muscle gets flaccid. And then congestive heart failure could be an issue. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's a common problem. I can't say for sure. I know she died of congestive heart failure, I believe. And I know Reggie White did. I'm not her doctor, you know, but I, I mean, th- that could have been a reason. Oh, one last thing. Secretariat, when they did an autopsy on that horse, that horse's heart was two and a half times size normal horse. The horse also had Cushing's disease. Those two things are clear indication of, of performance enhancing drugs which are in the very much in uh, horse racing absolutely oh it's been horse racing. the doping has been horse racing for a long time right and they just, yeah bill thanks for the call. I, I appreciate the call i mean oh yeah good uh, talking to you thanks talking mike about, we talked about Hi, Daniel. yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> wow i didn't think we talk about football so much. but you know i i have i have thought about this stuff that it's just you know the injuries now there seems to be so many more and you think these guys are so better condition than the old athletes. I mean, Babe Ruth was drinking beer for his conditioning and didn't have all these issues. But I think I think it's right. It might be over some of it's, you know, overtraining. Some of it's the steroid stuff. Some of it's like the the, the human growth hormones. You know, it could be a combination of a lot of different things. It could be also the way the athletes are brought up now, the way they train when they're younger. Uh, so who knows? I, I do know the weightlifting, weightlifting, which I, I don't think a lot of athletes do as much as they used to. But weightlifting uh, can cause uh, also to have, you know, stiffer and tighter muscles that can cause issues. But one last thing I wanted to mention tonight is, uh, and I'll talk more, uh, there, was a, there was testimony in the House today, Yoel Roth and Gadi God and whether the other one from Twitter and uh, also Rochelle Walensky had said some stuff today um, regarding uh, the vaccine. And Rochelle Walensky complained that... Uh, that a lot of parents are not giving their their kids are not getting the regular vaccines. Forget about the COVID vaccine. Like regular vaccination is down. And she she blames us, by the way. She blames, oh, she blames the anti-vaxxers. Instead of blaming herself, instead of blaming herself, instead of blaming herself for all the lies they told about the COVID vaccine, right? Is lying about how kids must get it when kids don't need it, right? Lying about it being safe when kids got myocarditis from it. Lying about it being effective in stopping the spread of disease and it never did. Lying about all these things. This is what fueled the distrust. We, this, is, this, is, uh, this is what fueled the distrust, okay, for vaccination, COVID vaccination, maybe all vaccinations now. It's her fault. It's her fault that vaccinations have a bad name because this vaccination isn't a real vaccination, and they never admitted that. We'll talk more about that tomorrow and what Yoel Roth and Gotti and all their testimony. But what I really want to end on is Tom Massey. Uh, put up a bill to end COVID-19 vaccine mandate on visitors. By the way, visitors to the United States, I think we're the only country, one of the few countries remaining, that people coming here by air have to still be vaccinated. I want you to understand this. 
What a fucking old fool this president is and his entire administration. We have known for, it seems like 100 years now, this vaccine doesn't stop the spread of the doesn't stop the spread of the disease one iota. In fact, people who get, we'll talk about that tomorrow also, where Walensky couldn't answer the question about how many vaccinated people are, ended up being, are still ending up in the hospital. Okay, And throughout this whole period of the last two years, how many vaccinated people have ended up in the hospital? She doesn't have those numbers. She can't tell you those numbers. But we're seeing that this vaccination we know does not stop the spread, yet this country still makes people who want to fly into this country from other countries have a vaccination in order to get in. You must be vaccinated. Well, now that the Republicans own the House, they want to stop that. So Tom Massey put in a bill to end that, uh, and it passed. Uh, did it pass? Yeah, passed the House of Representatives on a bipartisan vote of 227 to 201. 220, well, kind of, I love when they say bipartisan. 220 Republicans voted to get rid of it and seven Democrats. Seven Democrats out of what, 211? Yeah, yeah. 220 Republicans, yay. Zero Republicans, nay. Seven Democrats, yay. 201. 201 Democrats voted in February of 2023 to keep the COVID-19 vaccine mandate for travelers. Understand that into this country, okay? So he wants to urge the Senate to vote on the bill as well. So this is where we are, that in 2023, 201 out of 208, out of 208, 12 Democrats voted to keep this vaccine mandate. The party of, uh, the party of uh, science. The party of the party who lets illegal aliens in with fentanyl and diseases and don't have to be vaccinated, don't have to be tested. Illegal aliens who aren't exactly the best tourists, they don't exactly create economies for the cities when it comes to tourism. In fact, they want hotel rooms now. They want they want five dollar hotel rooms. They demand it for free. They don't need a vaccine mandates. They don't need a vaccine. They don't need testing. They don't need anything. But if people want to come here and spend money on the economy, which is in the shit because of Democrats and Biden, they have to have a vaccine to get in here. This is how fucked up this administration is. There's no other way to put it. They are a fucked up administration. And to get back to what I said almost two hours ago, we need Ron DeSantis and we need him as soon as possible. All right. We'll talk more about all this stuff tomorrow. It was a good show. Thank you. Who, who, who called today? Domestic called in. Bill called in. I think Daniel called in, and um, it was a good show. But I do want to remind everyone that this show is called And Let's Be Heard. That's the name of it. The name of the show is And Let's Be Heard, not Let's Be Heard. And Let's Be Heard. And it airs Monday night through Friday night, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern Time. So set your alarms and try to be on time, children. Thank you. And once again, this is Mike Gachopoli reminding you, that your influence counts. Use it.